Welcome, everybody, to our second podcast. Uh, I'm Laura Lomas, and I'm really happy to announce that we have a proper name now for this podcast. So drumroll, please. You guys voted, and the name is By The Way, which is fabulous, a brilliant name. Well done. So that is what we're going to be calling this podcast from now on. And uh, today we have a really special guest, somebody very, very close to Brandy. So we've got, we're going to get lots of good <laughs> Brandy gossip. Um, Ike Schneibel, who is Brandy's road manager. I'm sure you've all seen him. He's the one who looks just like Phil and Tim, who's back there behind the, the set, always making sure everything runs smoothly and making sure that Kelly Cerna's life is hell. <laughs> so here we go. Wow. So thank you so much for doing this, Ike. You know, everybody's desperate to hear from you. There have been a lot of questions that have been sent in. And we definitely, everybody wants to hear all about your work that you do with Brandy, obviously, and everybody else. Uh, but before we get into all of that and all the stuff you do for Brandy, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to kind of find out a little bit about you and your background, um, you know, what you yeah. were like as a kid. Did, did you grow up? You grew up in Jersey, right? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Jersey uh, my whole life. And... When uh, in high school, wanted to do, uh, I was in band, but not in, you know, it wasn't in like a rock band or anything, just in band in school. Were you a nerd? Played sports. Uh, no, I was, I was the, honestly, I, I handed, I think, my books to the teacher on my last day through my car window. That's how, <laughs> that's how great of a kid I was. <laughs> Your parents must be so proud. <laughs> just like, they're just like, you past okay i graduated that's all that mattered well done <laughs> in my in my mind and then i was uh i was like well not, what am i gonna do to go to college and i was like i don't want to go to college and i went to community school for a year mm -hmm. in uh, back home in jersey and then just was getting into skiing at that time and then i was like well why don't i just be a ski instructor i did that when i was 18 started that and that's where the name Ike comes from. Ah, I wondered about that. Because my real name is Michael. Mm -hmm. And whenever growing up, if everyone called me Mike, my mom would freak out. His <laughs> name is Michael. If I wanted to call him Mike, I would have spelled his name Mike on the birth certificate. I was like, oh, this is going to go over like a... So <laughs> filling out my paperwork. And I just, I was like, oh, there's so many. There's, there was like four Mikes and Michaels. In ski school, I just put Mike on my application. So I get, they take my picture, they put my pass in, and like, oh, I gotta change the ribbon. She takes the ribbon out, puts a new ribbon in. Now, kids back then, the ribbon, the first time when you made the first print, didn't always work because it wasn't, it could have been dry. Right. So that's what happened. The M got pressed onto the pass, oh but no, no ink. And it just said, Ike. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and, I, and I was like, oh man, I got to get this redone. And then everyone's like, no, no, you don't understand, dude. You're like, you're Ike. And there's like six and 10 Mike and Michaels in ski school. So if they want you, they'll just say Ike and they'll know who it is. Cause they'll <laughs> never figure out your last name. I was like, okay. What a brilliant story. So it stayed ever since. <laughs> so it stayed ever since. Oh so God. it stayed. So it's and because now, of Killington, Vermont. <laughs> because of Killington, Vermont. Love it. Killington Ski School. I got the name Ike and it is stuck forever. And did you stay up in, how long did you do that? Like, did you stay up in the New England area to ski? Oh, I, 
Oh yeah, I stayed in Killington for 12, 15 years. No, yep. I lived there and then in the summertime, I used to come back and work at the Jersey Shore at a surf shop for, help run a surf shop for years. So I was a seasonal person where six months at the beach area and six months in the mountains. Wow, that's quite the life yeah. for a young man. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I was definitely living the dream and at this point, knock on wood, still glad to be alive. How did you go from all of that to getting involved in music? Am I jumping so, too far ahead? No, no. So when you work in the ski industry, it is very, it is tough to make a living. Mm -hmm. Very tough. And unless you've been around there for years, there's always, you always have a second or third job. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. So uh, my one job, I used to work in this uh, ski industry at a ski shop. But then my other job, I was working as a bar back in a bar because my mm -hmm. buddy was the bar manager. So working in a bar, you get to meet a bunch of other people. Yep. So you get to go into figure out about music and stuff like that. But I really got in through all the music stuff was through X Games from ESPN. My buddy who works in the ski industry mm -hmm. was like, oh, they're doing this extreme sport. We need someone to like just walk people around like mm -hmm. VIPs. Mm -hmm. He's like, do you want to do it? I was like, sure. <laughs> I mean, so a lot of the musicians that I've worked for in the past like action sports. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet a couple of those people. Is like, you know, Stefan from Dave Matthews Band loves mm -hmm. snowboarding. Mm -hmm. So he would come to the X Games. So I would walk him around. So then it was like, oh, hi, what do you what do you do for a job? Oh, I, you know, I got that. And then at one point, uh, Dave Matthews Band, when they were playing Giant Stadium, like, oh, we want to throw a big party. And in the music business, I'm sorry, it's who you know. Yeah. My buddy knew the guy that was selling t-shirts for them. He's like, hey, I hear the band wants to throw a party. I was like, oh, my buddy works at a bar. He'll get all the bartenders and I'll get the liquor. <laughs> so I threw a party at Giant Stadium parking lot for all the band and all the crew and their guests, which was out of control. <laughs> oh, I and, want more information, please. <laughs> you know, my buddy, you know, owns the bar. He's like, all right, we're, now we set up the bar. And this is when Red Bull just started coming into the country. Yep. So it was only a, it was only in California and Colorado. And I would get it because of skiing and everything like that. So I was like, oh, we'll get Red Bull shipped in. So we'll have like no one in anywhere knew what Red Bull was. So when you start pouring Red Bull vodkas or Red Bull and Jaegers, you, you take from unleaded to full leaded, you know, gasoline oh my God. over the top so we're throwing a party and my one friend like all right let's do a shot and my boss looks at me he goes let's do a shot i'm like let's do a shot i've been doing shots with all these people this is awesome <laughs> he's like oh my god so a month goes by you know we're all back into our other gigs of you know be the bartender at the beach somewhere or back up in vermont getting ready for ski season my buddy calls me up and he's like, hey, they want to throw another party. Are you <laughs> oh, in? You're becoming the party guy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm in. Why not? 
So they used to throw a little couple shingings every around the country at major markets to take care of their VIPs, you know, corporate sponsors, and also families and friends. Mm-hmm. So that went on for like two years. Then the phone call came like, all right, they want you to do this every night. Holy I'm shit. like, every I'm night. Like, Can your poor liver handle that? <laughs> my liver. You'll learn my liver can handle a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So it, we definitely did scale it back. The band never really showed up. It was really a VIP area for their friends and families mm-hmm. and guests. So, I mean, it was easily 100 people, 200 people every night. Wow. So you tell that to, I think I'm 25 at this point, 26. You're going to go on, on road with this band. And your job every night is to throw a party and make everyone have fun. You must have felt like you were in heaven. <laughs> oh, I was, I, don't know, I thought I was the king. I was like, <laughs> you figured is. life out. <laughs> I figured life out. I didn't have to do, I didn't have to go on a, on a little, little band tour with a band to be working for a band. I'm working with one of the largest bands in the U.S. right now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so that happened for three years full time. And then at the end of one summer, they're like, what are you going to do? One of the managers like, what are you going to do after this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to go back and teach skiing. They're like, what do you want to be a tour manager? I'm like, (laughs) wow. I'm like, yeah, why not? I mean, what do you have to do? (laughs) Well, you know, you got to get the band to point A to B and book everything and book the hotels and make sure they get paid and make sure, make sure they stay, you know, stay alive. Mm I'm like, all right, what band? They're like, Robert Randolph and the Family Band, because they were on tour opening for Dave. Mm-hmm. And they're from Jersey. Yeah. So we had that connection there. I was like, why not? So going then going from you know, a band that's playing 15,000 people a night down to a band that has one bus and a trailer, and we're playing... <laughs> You're, a little bit of a bubble burst for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're playing, you know, 500,000 college cedar bars. You know, it, it went from the guy who was in charge of the party to now the guy kicking everyone out of the party. Uh, Which at point in my life, I was like, all right. I mean, how long can I go on the road with Dave Matthews bands in the summer? And be like, oh, I'm just a bartender. Like, there is a point kind of grow up yes yes you know and I was just like I mean this uh, yeah I mean this is all fun and everything mm-hmm. but like there's only so many times I'd be like all right well I have nothing else after this. so I was like I need to figure out something more in the music industry so then I worked with Robert for Robert felt like it was 20 years but it was only a year and a half and I was like hey man I have a girlfriend I can't be on the road with this guy I have a girlfriend now. We live together. I moved out of Vermont and with her into uh, Syracuse, New York. I'm like, I could be on the road with Dave Matthews. It'd be fine. But, you know, I can't be kicking people out of the tour bus every night. You know, I'm not, I just, I need, I I wanted to grow up, but I I was felt like I was going backwards. So I need, I need, I need a different band. They're like, all right. How about this band, Switchfoot? And I knew Switchfoot back from the surf shop mm-hmm. and because of their songs. I was like, oh, they're you know, a bunch of guys from California. Cool. Surfer music. 
<laughs> that I was like, no, it's a Christian band. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I did not know that. I was like, what are you talking about? And so I go looking everything up and I'm like, oh, oh all right. I, I mean, their dad's, you know, a pastor. They, in my mind, they don't say God in the music or really, you know, preach it to you. And I started working with them for eight years. I loved working with the guys. They were, they treated me well. <clears throat> you know, I know all their families. I'm still friends with them all. I was just like, you know, at this point, I can see that we weren't getting, I wasn't going any farther in that career with them. Mm-hmm. Because no one understands, like, when you work for a band, 90% of the times, you work only when they work. When they don't work, you don't have a job. Oh, really? You don't get any income at all from that? You get nothing. Wow. So, so if they're not touring, you're not making money. You're not making money. So you would think at one point after so many years, there's only a couple bands that have people full-time on salary. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, you, if you guys aren't going to put me on salary, I've been with you this long. I need someone or something different going farther places. Now, were you married to Colleen at this point? Uh, we were not married. I was with her when we were with Switchfoot. I think we did get married when I was with Switchfoot. Yeah. Then I went with Switchfoot. You know, we toured, did the uh, whole world tour, went to Guam, went to. Wow. Switzerland went to Japan and everything and then out of the blue there I was like all right it was coming to the point of I think this is like 2015 uh guys I need to either someone be on a retainer or a salary or something I just can't go three months with an income mm-hmm. for two months without an income and get paid for two days or something like I need something like oh we can't we just don't, we don't have it mm-hmm. I'm like all right well I have to move on Mm-hmm. then at this point yeah it was hard you know and I was like all right well I just gotta I gotta figure something out now this is 2015 around November mm-hmm. the perfect time to try to find a job because <laughs> the winter time isn't the busiest no, you got the, holidays, you got the-, <laughs> you got the holidays so at this point uh Quackenbush I've known Quackenbush since I've been doing stuff and me and Quack used to work on Robert Randolph together. Uh, and we'd done uh, some other things, you know, for buddies. Mm-hmm. So a music industry, you know, once you don't have a gig, you just call everyone and you're, you don't care how long you've known them mm-hmm. or even if you're that buddies with them anymore. I'm like, but uh, me and Sean were friends. I'm like, Sean, I need a gig. You got anything? Do you know anyone? He's like, I just started working for this girl, Brandy Carlisle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. She needs a tour manager. Funny enough, they're going to start looking for a tour manager. I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, all right, well, who's the manager? He's like, oh, Patrick. Oh, Patrick works with, I used, I know Patrick from Dave Matthews Band who works with uh, Red Light. I was yep. like, okay, <clears throat> let me call Patrick. The band is like, I'm not doing the hiring, but I'll put you in contact with the other manager because there's always normally two managers. Mm-hmm. One who does stuff like day-to-day, like, and then there's the other manager, the senior manager, who is the bigger picture. Which, which is Mark involved. Cunningham? Mark is the day-to-day. Day-to-day, okay. Day-to-day guy, you know, just because he's been with them so long. He, I like, he knows the little things that it's like, oh, you don't need to waste 
you know, asking that question or I already have that answer. Mm-hmm. So Mark called me up. My job interview was me on a phone call in a parking lot while I was drinking Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, he's, going, he's going through everything. And they had a couple other people. And then, you know, I was like, oh, I know Sean really well. And then at this point, I knew Mike McCready really well. And, you know, so then I text McCready. I'm like, hey, whatever you can do. Yeah, put in a good word, dude. Yeah, he put it, you know, him and Ashley, his wife, put in a good word with Randy. And then a week goes by and they're like, all right, we're going to hire you. We have nothing until February, but it's only a couple one-offs. It was Brandy's solo stuff in Florida. Yep. And uh, in 2016, I'm like, all right, well, I can't start until end of March, April. He's like, why not? I'm like, well, I'm having open heart surgery in February. You were? I already did, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I know your little boy had, had that. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So, all right, all right. So hold that, hold the Brandy thought and, and tell me about your heart. What happened? I just had a leaky valve and just, you know, was getting... After time, you just get tired more and you don't recover faster. And, and, and is it something you knew about all along or was that a surprise when you found out? I was surprised because I got health insurance when I got married. Mm-hmm. Normally when you're in ski instructor, you don't buy that. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so I get married. I get great health insurance. I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, you have a large heart. I go, thank you very much. Like, no, I'm like <laughs> large, like enlarge, like oh. enlarge, like enlarge heart. <laughs> I was like, oh, Shit. really? So it was just, you know, a valve, one of my valve, mitral valve was just not working properly. And he's like, it's no cause of concern right now, but in a couple of years, you're going to want to get it done. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, when I, we figured that, I was like, I'm getting more tired. I'm like, oh, I'll be off from work at this point. I'll still probably be working with Switchfoot. Let me just get it done. Mm-hmm. Not working with Switchfoot anymore. Okay, I already scheduled this appointment that's already, you know, to get surgery. It's already been, you know, six months on the books. I got to mm-hmm. still do it. Yeah. Okay, great. Just, I guess, tell them I can't do the two shows. So you're saying to them, can't, can't start this gig until after I've recovered from this heart thing. Thank God yeah. you're okay. And then yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then... then I, uh, our first show was in Florida at Swanee, it was a festival. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I met Tim, Phil, and Brandy. Mm-hmm. And might have might have even heard one song of Brandy on the commercial. And that was... <laughs> so you were a big fan. <laughs> that was a huge, I was a huge fan. <laughs> Love that commercial. <laughs> so that's why everyone's like, whoa. I mean, how are you following the band for? I'm like, no, that's not how it normally t- works. It's, you know, it's, this is a job. It's a yeah. gig. Oh, you can work for this band? Great. I'll work for that band. So has, I'm has glad been, I did. Are her tours getting, they're getting longer and longer, aren't they? Like, I mean, not right now, clearly, but. Um, not clearly so- not right now. I mean, so it was funny because in 2016 was the end of Firewatcher. Mm-hmm. like their second album, the second touring season of it. So it wasn't really like a full tour. And then we went right into recording, by the way, I forgive you mm-hmm. in that September. Mm-hmm. And then, so then 2017, by the way, I forgive you 
comes out, which was a big tour. Mm-hmm. We toured a lot. Mm-hmm. And then 2018, we did sporadic. You know, we toured a lot, but not, not in my mind, not a lot. Mm-hmm. But Brandy was so good, mm-hmm. you know. And then last year, you know, it was just weekend stuff here and there. But normally, we are super busy, you know, with Brandy and the twins. Like, not, I wouldn't say side stuff, but it's like all the, you know, the interviews, Brandy like the, the Ellen show and all that stuff. Are you involved Ellen, with that? So, with after, now this is the greatest thing with working with a trio now with Brandy and them is, you know, 2016, I'm hired. We do the end of the one tour. And I'm like, all right, so what are we going to do? This is September. And they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to pay you. We're going to keep you on year round. I was like, I thought I hit the fucking job. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) This is like, like I worked with you for, you know, three months, four months. And you're paying me, you're going to pay me a little bit year round to stick around. And I was with other bands for years and it was like, cool. Good to see you. You're done. You know, that so tells like, a lot about well, who they are as people, doesn't it? Oh, totally. I was like, yeah. I'm in to win. Yeah. So, you know, from going from there to like, all right, well, we're going to do an album. I'm like, all right. And you're going to go with, I'm like, okay. What, I mean, <laughs> what am I going to do? I, you know, so I pretty much back then was like, you know, all right, we're going to go to the studio at 12. All right, I pick us up at 12. If we need something, I go get it. I was there for like a week. Then I went home for two weeks, and then I came back to finish out the album there. Mm-hmm. But pretty much when any, ever, or anything Brandy does, I'm there. Yeah. Unless it's something in Seattle for like one afternoon. Mm-hmm. Then, Mark, mm-hmm. then Mark or Kelly mm-hmm. will step in. Mm-hmm. But pretty much wherever Brandy goes, you go. <laughs> yeah. One question that was asked quite a lot by people is, "How does Colleen handle the twins and that little gorgeous little girl when Ike's not around so much?" <laughs> so I want to make sure I well, ask you that now. Uh, well, uh, back uh, when we were traveling a lot, my uh, mother, my loving mother from Florida, comes up and helps with the kids. Oh, that's on, nice. So, you know, my parents, and you know. It's, uh, we had nannies, you mm-hmm. know, to help when the, when the twins were little and they weren't in daycare or at school like that, but it's a lot of juggling mm-hmm. and a lot of her understanding of, you know, the lifestyle that I live and the lifestyle she would, she known that I lived my whole mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, Ike, Ike home too many days is not good for anyone. <laughs> Oh my God, you must be having such a challenge right now. <laughs> oh, this is, this is, I mean, how, it, how are it, you guys doing? Like, how are you coping with all this? And first of all, how, how's your little boy? How, what did he have done? Like, I know that there was those images on. Oh, so, Chase, when Colton and Chase were born, uh, it was, I was on the road and then Colleen's like, I got to go to the hospital. They, you know, they think that, you know, the babies might come out early because mm-hmm. it's twins and they normally come out. I'm like, all right, I was in Detroit with Switchfoot at the time for a holiday show. And I'm, I go to the guys, I'm like, all right, they, Colleen went to the hospital. And they're like, they looked at me like, you got to leave now. I literally got on a flight from Detroit back to Boston, landed Boston, go into the hospital, 
go upstairs. They're like, okay, you're here. I'm like, yeah, great. We're wheeling her out to go. She has to get a C-section emergency right now. How, how pregnant was she at that point? 30, 32 weeks. Okay. So the twin came out. Colton was four pounds, like oh. one ounce. Oh, and Chase, yeah, and Chase was three pounds, oh. eight ounces. Oh my goodness. So they come out, and now my wife, who just had the kids, can't technically see them because she has mercury in their body. So they go to the incu, and I can only see them for 48 hours. Oh. So you want to talk about, you go see your kids and then go back to see your wife. You want to talk about someone being mad that they can't see their kids, and me, Mr. Sensitive, oh. would have no idea. Like, what are you talking, what's the big deal? It's no, I mean, just saw them. They're little kids. Like, God, you want to, I was like, oh, God. Uh. You know, so, so they're in the NICU, they're getting a little bit bigger. And at this point, Colton was going to come home and they're like, all right, well, we're going to move Chase to a closer hospital to you. Oh, we just have to run one test. Okay. Oh, he can't leave. What's wrong? Oh, he has a hole in his heart. Oh, well, we, did, we just found that out. I was like, all right. Oh, that must have been so like, scary. They're like, yeah, well, he has two holes in his heart, and the blood just keeps circling around. Oh. It's not, so that's why he's really not growing. Uh -huh. I was like, okay. <laughs> so this was like four weeks in. But then they're like, oh, all right, well, we have to have open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. And when we do the surgery, we don't know if we hit one of his lead, you know, one of his electrodes to make his heart beat. Because oh, his heart's the size of a quarter. Oh my gosh. Or smaller. Oh my I'm God. like, but we think we should be good. The famous words. Oh, Jesus. He does the surgery on him, comes out. Well, we hit and he doesn't have a heartbeat. His what? heartbeat's so, so faint, he, it won't be able to. So we have to put a pacemaker in. Oh, Jesus. Okay, great. Let's put a pacemaker in. So. Chase had a pacemaker since he's been six weeks old. Oh my God. Then I was on tour with Brandy getting ready to do, go out to San Francisco for outside lands. And I think that was 2016 maybe. Mm -hmm. And I get on, I ride a bus to the airport, the bus you know, lot right near my house. Mm -hmm. So I'm on my bus and my wife's calling me. I'm like, you know, I can't answer the phone on the bus. It's the rule. <clears throat> she goes, and then I text her. She like, I go, what's up? She goes, 911. I'm like, what are you talking about? So the kids, the twins are at this point, I think three years old. Mm -hmm. And I look on the cameras and there's a cop at my house <gasps> and my wife giving CPR to my son. Oh my God. I'm like, what? So I get off the bus at the bus station. She's like, we're taking Chase to the hospital. His pacemaker failed. Oh my I'm God. Like, I'm like, uh. Oh. So I get in, you know, a car, go to the hospital. We go to the hospital. They have to do an emergency pacemaker replacement because this one just shit the bed. I go, what was wrong? She goes, I don't know. He was playing fine. He just looked over at me. He turned blue and fell down. Oh my God. <gasps> and he wasn't breathing. I was like, oh my God. So that was his other surgery in 2016. And then this past year, 
right after Mexico, we went in because he needed to get a new battery and they had to put another lead on his, from his pacemaker to his heart to make his heart beat. So he's been our little challenge of a fighter. Wow, that's quite a harrowing story. Yeah, that was, you know, it's, uh, and then it was another time when I'm just like, hey, I know I've only been working with you guys for a couple months, but I can't be out there right now. And they're like, of course you can. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Why, why would you, you shouldn't be out here. Yeah. You know, well, and then for them to understand everything. Yeah. Well, you're seriously working for the right people. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So we'll come back to where we were before we went on our little chase tangent. I'm, oh my gosh, a precious little boy. Um, anyway, so you're saying, um, I think if I remember correctly, you were saying that, um, you know, you were so amazed that these people were paying you even when you weren't working and that you didn't have to, to go out and do stuff with her when um, she was in Seattle, but you know, basically wherever Brandy is, yeah, you are. Basically, so, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. So had things changed like really, really dramatically since the big Grammy performance for you as well? You, you guys have no idea. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a, in a, in a great way, yep. but there's just a lot of things where it's just like, okay, well, we have to, you know, it's, you always have to shake the certain person's hand and it's, it's really, it's kind of crazy the things that we do now. Is it because she's like, become so much more of a commodity herself? Is, is it that? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Just a commodity. And also she wants to stay busy. She, I mean, she mm -hmm. knows, mm -hmm. we all know, you know, they can, you know, the whole industry could love you one second. Oh, yeah. And oh, you've got to strike while the iron is hot. Those yeah, applause and, are I mean, probably not going to be there forever. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have applause, but we're not going to have massive applause. Mm -hmm. And hope, I mean, hopefully we do. But no one ever has, you know, when, when that time comes that it's that hot, you have to strike. Same thing yes. with Dave Matthews. That's what, I mean, yes, he's got a great fan base, but there's times when you, you could tell when Dave's working hard. Yeah, because he needs to work hard. So yeah. He's told to work hard. Yeah, and, but she also likes working hard, and she, you know, likes doing what she's doing right now. Well, and, and if she fun. has that feeling of like responsibility for everybody as well as herself, then that's uh, only going to make I mean, that worse, right? She, she's definitely mama bear. Mm. <laughs> she, I mean, she has she, you know, she has besides her family, you know, Tim's family, Phil's mm -hmm. family, my mm -hmm. family, Sean's mm -hmm. family, Kelly's. I mean, yeah, there's there's a big family that Brandy. And you know, without her, we would, you know, a lot of things would be stopped. Yeah. And, and that and that trickles down into the fan club as well. There we're family. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like such a reflection, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's such amazing to work with a community and family of this type now. It makes things a lot easier. Whenever when all this came down, what's going down, our, our gigs are gone today, tomorrow, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And then Brandy calls me. I'm just like, hey, what's up? I'm like, oh, nothing. Like, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so then, you know, all I said, she, you know, like, talk with me and the twins. Just want you to know, don't worry about a thing. You're getting paid. We'll figure oh. it out. Yeah. I was just like, thank you. Because, you know, I'm ready to put on, you know, the boots to bang nails, to do something. I mean, yeah. Well, and, and all of us are willing to pay every week to see all these shows because yeah. we know that you guys are getting paid too. It's like a, a really yeah. beautiful, you know, mono-a-mono yeah, mono thing. Great, great little community. For sure. 
what do you feel that like this this Bramley community is different than other fan based communities or is it kind of similar? I think it's it's different just because we have the diversity of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just there's just so many random people of like different like levels of craziness. So true. You know, and it's great to see a lot more, you know, like families. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, all right, you know, when we did the show in Vermont, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, come and bring the kids up. And yeah. I'm fine with the kids going out in the crowd at a brandy show and be like, come back later. Come <laughs> back in 15 minutes. Yes. Not like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that in other bands that I've worked for. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Like brandy fans, like, you know, mm-hmm. since everyone's a family or family type person yeah. there, it's like, yeah. not worried about anything. Yeah, that's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. So what like so what exciting. do you miss the most right now about not being on the road? Getting on an airplane. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> like literally like getting like just getting on an airplane. That's what I like. Like how do you, I'm like I miss going into a hotel room and I miss, you know, everyone else, but like the little things are like, oh getting on an airplane and sitting down and feel like I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Can you um, give us like a, a rundown of what a day on the road is like for you? You know, you get up, what time do you get up? Like, how does it work? I, I normally, I normally get up between six and seven when I go on the road all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And say you wake up, typical wake up in a hotel room, either try to work out, do something physical for a little bit, for an hour, then go to the venue normally around eight to nine, find out where everything is, the trucks pull in, start loading in, say hi to everyone, blah, blah. And how many are there that do that part, that take things on and off the bus? Uh, 12, there's 12 of us. So everyone has their certain job and then there's local people to help us move stuff around. You know, we find me and Kelly find the dress rooms where we're going to put Brandy, where we're going to put, you know, the band, where we're going to put the crew. Mm-hmm. And then normally, like everything else would work in life, we start figuring out what are we going to have for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to have for dinner? What do you want for lunch? You know, I'm like, you know, life revolves venues, around meals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes venues have catering and you always know it's like, oh, 12 o'clock is lunch and five o'clock or Sometimes they'll say, oh, here's money, just go buy. And it's normally, that's the crazy question every day. Like, what are we having for lunch, Kelly? I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> like, you know. Kelly, you know what I want. I, I eat the same thing every day. I don't care. She knows she's, she's my road wife. Yep, this is what he wants. So, and then normally around two o'clock, uh, we get Brandy and the twins to the venue. And they, you know, get in their dress rooms, get in, into their, you know, headspace of uh, we have to play a show today we have to do sound check and we'll do that around four o'clock and then normally the support band comes on to do their sound check and then it's like six o'clock doors seven o'clock you know show starts and at seven o'clock once the show starts it's pretty much you know quiet time for brandy with getting you know vocal warm-ups or getting her hair done getting dressed mm-hmm. and it's always you know Say we go on at nine. Brandy knows, like, I got seven thirty. I'm like, all right, you got ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. You got sixty minutes. <laughs> you got thirty minutes. 
you got 15, you got five. And you know, everyone's like, I was like, and that's, and then once she goes on, it's once she hits the stage, my mind is getting out. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got, like, so right now it's kind of enjoyable to watch the shows for that they're doing. Cause I get mm-hmm. to hear them play and watch them. Mm-hmm. You never get to do that. I'll, I'll, it's, it's either when they're playing, it's either figure out getting everything packed up to get ready and out in her dressing room. What is Brandy and the twins are going to have for after show? Yeah. Are we going back to the hotel? Yeah. We got to get paid. We got to do what's, yeah. what's the weather anywhere. So is, you know, where are the families? So Does it drive you crazy the- when people stop and she stops and talks to everybody after the show? Cause you just want to go home. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. It's like, I understand we have to, yeah. and she wants to, yeah. but I also, I'm like, you know, <laughs> Brandy said to me once, she goes, you know, tour manager job, you're like the human toilet. Everyone <laughs> wants to just shit on you. And you have to take it. My God. Because that's your job. <laughs> and you're thinking, this is so glamorous. <laughs> This is so glamorous. Hopefully. I get shit on by everybody. I just had to, I just, just like the bidet, please. Just the bidet. Hey, bidet's you know, because, very important in this quarantine. Oh, yeah. You know, just because, just realize, like, I'm the last person that talks to Brandy before she goes on stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm the first person Brandy will say something to when she gets off stage. Yeah. So. And are there any, like, sort of pre-show rituals you guys do? Uh, well, I mean, just the rituals with her, just, you know, the vocal coach, Rob, hair, makeup. He's so handsome. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and then they get together like five minutes before a show just to go over the set list. If there's anything that she's thrown in the curveball, mm-hmm. you know, the twins and her really go over the set list. Uh, roughly five minutes before the show. And then she'll mm-hmm. say a couple things to the band. You know, we get mm-hmm. the old band together and then it's go time. Mm-hmm. It's a big, long day. Wow. Yeah. And then normally I'll drop, you know, say we say we get done at 11 o'clock and Brandy's on West Coast time. So mm-hmm. technically it's only, yeah. Seven, yeah. you know, yeah. She, she's like, oh, it's on a, I'm like, oh God, great. So <laughs> she, no, Is she really buzzing no. when she gets off the stage? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes her, it takes them a good two to three hours to come down. I can imagine the adrenaline must be really intense. <laughs> yeah. So, and they, you know, normally eat then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so then we go to the hotel and then either I'll go back to the venue to make sure everything gets packed on the truck or if I'm doing something else, Kelly will make sure everything gets packed in the truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so does Sean. So what, like, do you have any favorite venues or, or venues that you really hate? And what do you think about, like, festivals versus regular shows? Normally, any, any venue that the band loves, the crew hates. <laughs> and any, any, any venue the crew loves, the band hates. Why? <laughs> because the band wants to be, you know, vibey and intimate on stage. Mm-hmm. And the backstage area could be, like, you know, small and no space. And the band's like, oh, this is fine. Where the crew's like this, we don't have enough space to work back here or do anything. Gotcha. Now, if you see some venues where it's like a huge stage, the band's like, it just feels so empty out there. And the crew's <laughs> like, this is awesome. We can push that. <laughs> we got like, 
<laughs> of course, I love the smaller ones myself. Yeah, you know, like yeah. for instance, the uh, Fillmore in Minneapolis was just mm -hmm. built. Mm -hmm. I walked in, I go, they're gonna love it. But it's a great inside venue. It's just the backstage area. I'm like, you're building a place and you make three dressing rooms that are size of a, you know, the size of a closet. Where, where are we putting these people? So, and again, the band loved it. Yeah. The crew was like, oh my God, I can't, you know, it's like, oh, we can't get from one side of the stage to the other without walking on stage. So That's stuff funny. like that. I mean, you know, the gorge, uh, we, I mean, everyone loves the gorge. Mm -hmm. Technically, it's a pain in the neck because of where it is located, not close to anything, mm -hmm. but you're just there for the scenery and the great stage and every, you know, it's an amazing place. Red Rocks is a pain, such a pain. It's either you're going up a hill or down the hill all day long. <laughs> it takes a long time to load in. Calf muscles are always burning. It's normally either you know, 90 degrees and dry during the day and then 30 at night and you're freezing. I don't mind uh, almost any venue because I realize I'm only there a short time and it's mm -hmm. not about me being comfortable. It's all about Brandy being comfortable. Mm -hmm. you just, it's just like stuff we have to watch, you know, with there's air conditioner blowing on her on stage where I'd be like, cool, it's nice and cool in here. Uh, it's going to mess up her voice. It's going to mess up her. So it's, Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yep, everyone, turn the air conditioner off. Really? Yes, turn the air conditioner off. She'd rather be sweating. She'd rather be sweating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like, I'm like, but, you know, from them being, you know, up in Seattle, they always like it warm, <laughs> even though they're there. Like, like That's true. Always, That's a good point. <laughs> they're, they're always like, they're always like, it's so cold. I'm like, I'm dying right now, just so everyone know, I'm dying. You know, like they'll always have a hat. Like if you ever see Phil, he he wears a hat almost all the time. I've like, noticed that. Not, <laughs> I'm like, it's seventy. He's like, ooh, a little chill. I'm like, I'm dying right now. Well, he has no meat on him either to protect him. Yeah, bar barely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Do do you uh, get get confused for any of the twins all the time, or like, do people think that you're a triplet? <laughs> I all the time. All the time. After, at, now, now that I have a Corona beard, you know, this next tour, whenever, we, whenever it starts back up, I don't think they'll mistaken me anymore unless Phil keeps his. But like literally like two years ago, after a show, I'd be carrying a case of water out to the bus. And they were like, great show, man. I'm like, do you think I'd be carrying a case of water if I just got done playing for an hour or two hours? I'm like, I got groceries in my hand. <laughs> I've like, been following them since the beginning. I've seen them putting that stuff on the on little vans all by themselves. <laughs> so it did happen once. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm like, ah, you know, but I'm like, normally, if, I only like it when I'm walking either with Tim or Phil and just me and them walking. Mm -hmm. And then, because the typical joke is like, if I'm walking with Tim, I'm like, man, Phil, great job. And Tim will look at me and goes, you better say something. I'm like, I'm not saying anything. He's like, like, yeah, man. And Tim will be like, yeah, thanks, man. And then he'll whisper, you know, Tim will whisper, like, yeah, my asshole's a bro. My brother's an asshole. I'm like, stop it. I'm not. You know, or Phil will be like, yeah, yeah, the guitar player tonight stunk. I'm like, I'm not me. It's not me. I don't play guitar. 
That's great. Well, now what's going to happen if you've got the beard and Phil's got the beard, but Tim doesn't. And of course, Josh is sporting one hell of a beard. You, you, Yukon Cornelius. Yo, Yukon Cornelius. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looks just like him. <laughs> so we asked a whole bunch of people to sort of send in questions. Um, and so I'm going to just kind of go through some. So M Melissa Nolan is asking, what is the strangest task or duty that you have to do for Brandy? Um, normally it's fine stuff in areas, you know, you can't get the shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I, you know, there's typical, like, so if she wants oh, sushi or something, is that what you mean? Yeah. Sushi. I'm like, we are in the middle of nowhere. She's like, <laughs> find me, uh, find me good sushi. I'm like, we are, we, we are hours away from the ocean. I ain't finding sushi in Omaha. Who knows? There, there's a great sushi place in Omaha. Uh, I would say Brandy asked me for an iPhone cord at least once every other week. <laughs> Do you have a stash of them? Oh yeah. The business manager one day is like, how come we just spot this much money on Amazon? I go iPhone cards. He goes, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no explanation needed. <laughs> no explanation. He's like, I normally get a, a you know, maybe a, a picture of a, an iPhone cord somewhere in Brandy's house with my name on it. I just laugh like, cool, thanks. I know where that one is. I was like, that was my brand new one too. Those are always the ones that go missing, the new ones. That was always the one, the brand new ones that always go missing. Um, and so we probably had so many more questions about Dunkin' Donuts than anything else when it comes to you. Um, so Michelle Rubenstein is saying, is asking, what would you do if you were not allowed to ever have another Dunkin' Donuts or ever allowed to go into one? What would happen? Well, at this point, I'm not allowed to go into one right now. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Your worst nightmare is you're living it. Uh, I, I see my I see my girls every day. Say hi through the drive-through. You know. <laughs> uh, is, I mean, is it a New England I, thing? Just the Dunkin' Donuts? It, yeah, I mean, it's a New England thing. I think when we lived in Rhode Island, it really stuck there because there was there was one walking distance down from our house. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just used to walk there every day with the dogs and just get one. And the lady behind the counter was sweet and old and nice and amazing. Wow. And, you know, we just got it every day. And the crazier thing is my wife, when we did get married, forgot the uh, certificate to get signed. So <gasps> oh, she, the officiator signed it at the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Like the next day, it stamped your karma forever. <laughs> it's it's it stamped my karma forever to go to Dunkin' Donuts, and I love going to Dunkin' Donuts now just because it, I don't know, it tears people up inside. I just laugh. I'm like, first of all, it's brown water. Who cares? It's true. It's true. I like going to like Minneapolis or like Denver and be like, oh, there's a Dunkin' Donuts that's 20 miles away from here. I'm going, or I'll have someone go. Like, go get yeah, get Kelly to do it. I'm sure. <laughs> and Kelly knows knows the order, and always when you get the large coffee, don't get the small straw because I hate the small straw. <laughs> I'll send you back to get the large straw. There's certain deal. rules you've got to follow. Mm -hmm. There's got to follow. That's hilarious. Okay, so Amy uh, Wojcik, my buddy, she wants to know what music you listen to at home. Uh, right now. At, because of uh, Charlotte, everything that Elmo sings is amazing. Baby shark, shark, shark. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. 
Uh, I listen to Alternative Nation. Mm -hmm. I listen to, since working with Brandy, I, you know, I listen to definitely a wider gamma of like Americana music now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's always Slipknot or Godsmack playing in my radio every <laughs> once in a while. And, you know, you know when you walk into Ike's office, if it's Godsmack playing, it's game on. It's That's time a, to play. And he's got two other questions. Have you ever been starstruck? I was starstruck with Elton John. Oh, if you weren't, I think there'd be something wrong with you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was starstruck with Elton John. Ooh. And then... Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just because there's so many, with working with Brandon, there's so many famous fans that I'm starting yeah. to like, famous people, I'm like, really? So okay. you, weren't, you weren't starstruck when you met Joni? No, because I didn't even, again, I wasn't even into She's not Joni. on your radar. She wasn't on my radar. I'm like, big yellow tie, okay, cool, big yellow, like, <laughs> everyone's like, I'm like, I go to the lady's house all the time. They're like, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you don't, under I'm like, no, I don't understand what I'm doing right now. I don't know, understand the, 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 the what I'm doing. It might doing be right kind of nice for her to have somebody around who's not sort of, you know, practically weak at the knees. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm the kid who helps every once in a while move, move the furniture around, get some people some drinks and pick up the dishes. <laughs> I bet Colleen's very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you one more question before we get to the Stump Ike section. Have you um, ever uh, run around the compound naked with or without Phil? <laughs> uh, no. They're That's too tall. definitive. You sure about that? I'm positive. I'm positive. Okay. I, w I, was, I was scared when I originally went out to the compound. Yeah. I always get, I always get the normal, you know, er, pretty much ever since I started working, and it's like, you got to move out here. I'm like, whoa, tiger. Whoa. <laughs> you'd you'd uh, be snapped up right into that, like, cult life in two seconds. <laughs> Uh, well, the only, the only problem would be is I am such an East Coast kid that lives yeah. on East Coast time. I don't understand how they live on that time zone out there. I, I agree with you. <laughs> just because just, I've, I've, you know, I've known everything on East Coast time. I can't, you know, it's nothing about that. It's just like, I, you know, like everyone works in New York and it's up at this time and we do this. I'm like, so every time, every once in a while, they'll be like, call me at 10 o'clock and I'm like, I'm asleep, everyone. <laughs> don't call me at 10 o'clock at night I'm Kelly and conversely Kelly gets pissed off with me if I ever text her at like sort of you know I don't know eight or nine o'clock east coast she's just like oh damn it you wake me up <laughs> uh, I wait I wake her up all the time like, why doesn't I, she I, sleep I, with her phone on turned off like I do <laughs> that trust me don't worry Kelly's up all the time that girl <laughs> never sleeps I think I she she's really a vampire <laughs> she is a vampire she's sucked the blood out of me many a time <laughs> All right, so there is our little section called Questions to Stump Ike. So question number one, do you know Brandy's middle name? Yes. <laughs> what is it? I'm not telling you. It starts with the letter R. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> There's an R in it. I know that. Yes, there is an R in it. It doesn't start with R. <laughs> it, starts with, it's, it starts with M. Yes, it does. Correct. Okay. Yep. You can stop it at that. And, um, I, and I, also, I also know everything else. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm in charge of booking all their flights. Oh, that's a good point. I see what you're saying. <laughs> so I know, I, 
I know <laughs> date of births, social yep. security numbers, <laughs> you know. You better, she better Airline. stay on your good side. <laughs> uh, don't worry, she's, she's on my good side. Mm -hmm. Okay, so question uh, two is, which side of Brandy's face has a mole? Which side of Brandy's face has a mole? Yeah, these questions are coming from Tracy and Narissa, by the way. All right, well, first of all, you guys, that's way too close for you looking. Ah, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> a little creepy. <laughs> right side. No, I'm wrong. <laughs> Under right. her left eye. No, you'll never forget that. You'll never not be able to look at it again. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, question number three. What town was Bring My Flowers Now filmed in? It was Narissa's hometown for crying yes. out loud. She was there. It was 120 <laughs> degrees out. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> exactly. I think Brandy even met her dad, right? <laughs> so yeah, they were all they were all on the porch. I'm like, oh my god, that day was so hot. It was so god. And we had a, we we flew there and then we drove out there. And it was so hot. Oh god. I like. I don't even know how Brandy and Tanya did it. I mean, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and I was. I wanted to die. Oh, they, they were all dressed up. And I was able to find shade. I mean, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> all right. Um, no, next question. Which member of Brandy Carlisle Band has a heart tattoo on their feet? Bill. Yes. Bingo. Good answer. Can you name all of Brandy's albums in order? <laughs> I can already tell you no. No. Okay. And no. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. And last question, and then I will let you go. What is Josh's favorite ramen spot in New York City? I forget the name of it, but he wants to go there all the time, and <laughs> half the people think it's horrible, and half the people think it's good. <laughs> yep. Toto ramen. And I... And I <laughs> And the next thing is Ike has never eaten ramen. Oh, but do you eat it now? Is that part of your no. new repertoire? No. No. <laughs> what no. do you eat when like, you go there? You just sit there and I don't go. I don't go. <laughs> I don't go. Ike, because normally when they're all, they're like, oh, let's go have a group dinner. Ike normally likes to be alone at that point. Because mm. that means everyone, everyone's finally there or... And I know I'm going to see everyone or there could be something coming up. And normally the band doesn't have to bet there, get there until two in the afternoon yeah. where we start at seven in the morning. So, <laughs> so you're a little tired. I'm a little tired or just thinking about the shit that's going to happen the next day. Yeah. There's always something coming up out of left field. I can imagine. Well, I have to say, darling, you, it, what you do for them is just pretty astounding. And we, we thank you, <laughs> literally thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, I love w working with them and getting to meet all you guys and being friends with everyone. It's kind of, it's enjoyable to, yeah. you know, that's, I mean, if anything, that's the hardest point of, you know, the next co past couple months and the next couple of months coming up is like, just not being able to do anything or go yeah. anywhere or, or, or just be like, be doing, you'd be like, all right, let's, Let's just go. Let's just do it. Let's just, I just want to do it. <laughs> just, oh, it's going to be so amazing when you finally do. I wonder, wonder what the first next show will be. What do you think? 
uh, I, I mean, you, if you asked me two months ago, I would, I would have said July. Yeah. And then you asked me last night, I would be like September, hopefully. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, we'll hold that. Darling, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so, great. so Thank much. You. Everybody's going to love listening to all of that. I'm, I'm really pleased. And uh, I'll give you a hug next time I see you. <laughs> all right, we'll see you soon, hopefully. Okay, bye, darling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. Well, I could talk to Ike all day long and something tells me he was holding back on some great stories. So maybe we can get him to come and do another podcast another day on By the Way. So thank you all very, very much for listening. We really love and appreciate you very much and uh, continue with the feedback. Everything that you are sharing with us, we're taking very much to heart and will um, implement as best we can in this podcast. And I also want to say an enormous thank you to the editor, Clue, Katie Lou Clarity. She is a bloody genius, honestly, and I adore her. So thank you, Clue, and thank you, of course, to Brandy, Phil, Tim, Josh, Chris, everybody who's part of that BCB team, that BCB (laughs) cult, whatever you want to call it. So we thank you all, and we send you all much love, and uh, until next time, bye-bye.